Hey, Jason. Hey. Welcome to Leading is Serving Podcast. I got it down. There you go. Good to see you today, Chris. Good to see you, too. <laughs> Episode number? 22. 22. 22, yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good day. It is. Yeah, good day. We're sliding into spring a little more, and yes, I'm we got a good interview coming up here in a little bit. Excited about some of this warmer weather. I got to yeah. tell you, I'm tired of the cold. Yep. So what are we talking about today? Well, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the leader mindset. Okay. Of, you know, as we move into, you know, this post-COVID world, kind of the 21st century, what, you know, digital age, you know, there's a lot of study going on in the world about how times are changing. Right. And how we're entering into this new, uh, kind of new culture, new phase of life, you know, and globally things are completely different. Mm-hmm. And so what does a leader look like? What is a, what does the mindset of a leader look like moving into this new age? How do we build influence with those around us? Um, cause you know, a lot of leadership in the past has been positionally based of, yeah. you know, I, I have a title, I've been promoted to this level and so I'm in charge. Um, but today in our culture, it's more about influence Yes, and people are much more willing to listen to a variety of voices who have influence because of integrity, because of, you know, a proven track record that it's not necessarily because you've achieved a certain title. Right. So what does that leadership mindset look like? And that goes to the core of why we're doing this podcast. It's exactly Leading right. is serving. That to lead, you know, to serve as a leader is to basically fight for the highest good mm-hmm. of the lives of those they lead. Right. Completely you know? agree. And, and that's not just on the job front. Right. You know what a lot of lung see it gets me too. <laughs> what a lot of young leaders are looking for is for someone, you know, in their co- company, in their business, in their corporation to not just see them as an employee, what what they can, you know, what the business can get out of that person, mm-hmm. but someone who is willing to to fight for their highest good, not just at work, right, but in all spheres of life. Yes. You know, that when, uh, you know, a young couple who have a baby, you know, they want to know, is is my company going to fight for me, even in my home life? Yep. You know, through maternity leave or whatever that might look like, um, do they have my highest good in mind? Right. You know, are they going to fight for me? And so there's there's five different things that we actually are going to take a deeper dive in the next five episodes okay. um, on each of these. So we can I hit these on a high level today? Um, but the idea is... Does a leader liberate the people that that they lead? Mm-hmm. You know, because leadership can be dominating. Totally, it can totally like drive people into the ground, create a culture of fear and distrust. Um, it can go the complete opposite end of the spectrum and be this very protective. You know, oh hey, I support you, I love you, but we're never clear with expectations. Mm-hmm. And so then eventually, it's kind of this Doctor Jekyll. Um, you know, right. Mr. Hyde thing that mm-hmm. here's this wonderfully supportive leader, but because the expectations aren't clear, the monster pops out. Right. <laughs> and true. well, we you know we haven't hit this this uh, you know this metric you know six weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, why didn't we talk about it after week one? You know, right. those expectations are nearly clear. And then you know, and then there's just leadership that just just do what you want. We abdicate our leadership, and and we just say, just do what you want. You right. know. And so the goal of an effective leader is to liberate the people that are underneath this. And to do that is that you have to bring both support and challenge uh-huh. in, in appropriate levels and in an effective way <coughs> to the people underneath you. And so, you know, too much challenge goes that domination way. Uh-huh. And if all we do is, you know, if we challenge, 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 and we never bring some support, that's where it goes dominating. Right. And if all we do is bring support and we never challenge, that's where it goes to that protective, you know, just level. So how do we do effective in both areas of that? Right. And by nature, there is really no one that's wired to do both well. Yeah. We're going to lean one way or the other. Uh, yes. We just are. I, I I will lean to the protective side. Yeah. I have a harder time giving clear expectation, clear challenge to where I want to go, where we, where we need to go. Mm-hmm. And so that's a skill that I'm having to learn to get there. Right. And so... Um, you know, that's that's the number one thing of can you bring effective support and challenge to the people that you lead? Um, that's that's the number one light mindset of a leader. The second one that we want to talk about is um, what role does this person need to play on the team? Are they in the role? Or, you know, uh, I think it's uh, Jim Collins. Is that right? 
Yeah, I think um, so. You know, it's the good to great. Talks yep. about the right people in the right seat on the right bus. Right. You know, um, and and it's not a problem to to switch seats and get people in the right alignment with the mission and the you know the purpose of the company and things like that. And so, what role do they play, and are they in the right place? Uh-huh. And so, a leader is always looking out for that, always looking for. Um, you know, if the business is shifting, maybe maybe our alignment needs to shift with what we do. And mm-hmm. um, we actually, uh, the interview today, um, you know, is serving at a church in a similar capacity that I serve here at New Hope. Mm-hmm. And both of our organizations over the last two years have done this very thing, that leadership has shifted, seats have, people have left the bus, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've shifted the roles around who we are and what we need to do and and what the new times call for in the midst of COVID, you know? Yeah. And so um, good leaders are always looking toward that. Um, and then kind of related to number one, the third thing is our expectations clear. Yeah, have, it's huge. Have you really sat down with your team? Have you sat down with those people and made a clear expectation moving forward of here's what winning looks like? Here's what success looks like. Here's the the pitfalls and what losing looks like, and we we want to steer away from those. Are those expectations clear? And then the fourth thing that we'll talk about is uh, what is the tendency or pattern that is undermining influence? You know, we've gone through the five voices. We've talked about how um, each of the five voices communicate in a very specific manner, um, but in that we also have pitfalls. We have mm-hmm. a weapon system that will that will come out when we're when we're tired, when we're stressed, when we're hangry, when we're right. <laughs> you know when we're burned out. You know it's easier for that the you know kind of the negative side of our voice to to take prominence, and when we do that, it undermines our influence. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, you know as a creative voice, first voice, um, I can speak about future ideas and future things coming down the road in such abstract ways that really nobody gets. Mm-hmm. And that undermine that can potentially undermine my influence going, uh, Jason has no clue what he's ever talking about. Right. <laughs> you know, the team listens, nods their heads, and then they just move on. Move on. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, what what influence am I building there? Right. And so what are the ways that we are unintentionally undermining our influence? Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, how many stories are in our culture today about leaders who have intentionally made a decision that have screwed their influence over, yeah, right? Totally. And so, you know, this is talking about those uh, those unconscious tendencies mm-hmm. of how we communicate, how we treat others. Um, and so, we'll we'll dive into that. Um, but also, the fifth one is how do I get team members to the next level? How do we how do we raise leadership? Because um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times, um, you know, in past um, corporations, we're we're bad about it's our bottom line. It's the growth of the corporation that matters. Right. Um, but a true leader in today's culture is out for, you know, not how do I get to the top, mm-hmm. but how do I bring others with us? Right. You know, and um, Giant Worldwide, which is where a lot of these tools come from, um, use the mentality of uh, Sherpa. Um, you know, when you're climbing Mount Everest, uh, the Sherpa is the one who was actually born. Um, they're, they're a people group. Um, it's okay. not a job. Um, their last name is actually Sherpa. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. So when you're born, you actually take on the last name Sherpa, and they're born at 14,000 feet above sea level. Oh. And so genetically, their bodies are just a, more accustomed to low levels of oxygen at that altitude. Huh. And so they are physically, uniquely designed to be a Sherpa. Huh. I mean, and so people go, and they, they say it takes three months to acclimate, and these people just live there. <laughs> and wow. um, if you ask a Sherpa, this is, I think, one of the most fascinating things about the Sherpa mindset. If you ask them, how many times have you summited Mount Everest? They have no clue. They don't know. Because they've gone up. They're the ones that set the bridges, the the ladders, the ropes, the, the handholds. They've been up and down the mountain hundreds of times, probably, thousands oh of times. Goodness. They don't know. Yeah. But if you ask them, how many people have you helped summit? they know how many people they've helped. Mm. And so the goal for them is not getting to the top. Yeah. The goal for them is how many people have I successfully gotten to the top and back down alive, right? right. right, right. <laughs> and so that is the mindset, that Sherpa mindset is what um, what makes a great leader today. Of, yeah. you know, yeah, our business is great, yeah, our corporate, you know, whatever we're after, the mission, yes, that's great, but I am out for your highest good. And it's not just about me making it to the top, Mm-hmm. On your shoulders, right. I'm bringing you with me, and so how can I help others get to the next level? Mm-hmm. 
you know. That's so awesome. um, that is the mindset of a leader that that we want to promote, that we want to be a part of. Um, I know it's what I'm after in yes, my life, same here. and you well, know. And so, um, how do we fight for the highest good in the lives of people uh, we lead? I look forward to breaking those down and chatting with you some more about those. Um, that that is, those are great. Yeah. We've got so there's some individual tools that you know will guide our discussion on each of those five, okay. five things. Um, you know, from expectations to support and challenge to, you know, people in the right roles and, and things like that. So I look forward to that conversation. Yeah, that looks, sounds like a, so, a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, tune in for the next five weeks as we talk further about the leader mindset. Right. That's awesome. Dive in a little deeper. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited well, about our our guest today. Yes, so am I. So yeah. am I, um, Brian Otney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a, he has multiple roles. He does. I understand it. Like you mentioned, he is a pastor mm -hmm. as well as a, um, he helps his parents run a, their business. Right. Um, it's part of the family business. Part of the family business, mm -hmm. which is, um, Greens Auto. Right. Here on, on Morgantown. So on Southside. So it is, I'm super excited about chatting with him about all his, I mean, cause those, I mean, you don't usually pull a, put a car in the pastor's office and to work on it. So I'm just I'm curious. This is these are so two very different um, skill sets. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they're not. I don't know. Well, I, for <clears throat> this is just totally goofy squirrel. We'll just follow this real quick right, before yeah. we jump over to the interview. How's that? Um, I, I visited a church in Oklahoma once. Yeah, you know, out in the hot, hot yeah. Oklahoma, and uh, the pastor had installed in the pulpit. You know, one of those big old, you know, traditional wooden pulpits that you can yeah. probably hide five or six people inside the pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, he kept getting hot because, you know, you know, when you're doing your thing, I guess, preaching on a Sunday, it gets really hot in Oklahoma. Right. He had taken the air conditioner out of a Volkswagen bug and installed it in the pulpit. Oh, are you kidding me? And so stories from the church was apparently about, you know, they knew the sermon was about half over because about halfway through every Sunday, he'd reach over and flip the switch and... <laughs> <laughs> so maybe if you ever need a air conditioner in a pulpit, Brian's right. your guy. We'll Brian's see. Guy. <laughs> Pull it out of a cold car. That's right. That's, That's right. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to this interview. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Get back on track. We'll shoot that squirrel and be done. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Looking forward to talking to Brian. So yeah. let's jump over and we'll we'll catch you guys here in a moment. Sounds good. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Um, it, we are super excited to have you here, and we are excited to learn more about you. Um, can you give us some background information? Where did you grow up? Where did where did life start for you? Yeah, so um, uh, we, we originally born in, in Indianapolis. Um, you know, first four or five years of my life, I grew up on the west side of Indianapolis, um, and we moved down to the south side um, when I was about five or six years old. So I was CG kid, kindergarten through graduation. So mostly been here my whole entire life. Went to the old Maple Grove that's now like a uh, alternative school or something like that. Um, and uh, But been here, uh, you know, pretty much my entire life. I, I went to Lincoln Christian uh, College. Now it's Lincoln Christian University. So I did spend some time in Illinois after high school uh, for, for schooling or for college, and uh, but then came, came right back home. And um, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much born and bred here. The, the one of the crazy things too is about. Um, of course, we have our family business here in this area, which is a large part why we moved down to the south to the south side from the west side of Indianapolis. Um, but then uh, the the currently the the church that I serve in is actually about a mile and a half from the house I grew up in, which oh, wow. my parents still live in. So um, yeah, I'm born and bred here. Um, CG kid, like I said, through and through. My kids also uh, go to CG as well, but uh, okay. Yeah, I've uh, pretty what, much been here my whole life. What was undergrad in? Uh, in in uh, youth ministry. Youth ministry. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So and just to catch everybody else up, you, your parents own a yeah auto yeah automotive it, automotive repair yeah. automotive repair Greens and, Auto Service and yeah. you are very much involved with that and you yeah. also have um, another job that you do. You, yes, you're. You have two full-time jobs. I'm still wrapping my head <laughs> no. around that idea. Yeah. But you're so you're an associate pastor at a, at a church here locally mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Okay. So undergrads in youth ministry. Yeah. Okay. Christian. Yeah. Bring us bring us from that point forward. Yeah. So kind of cool um, in terms of 
um, just how how God works. So I, I went to Lincoln Christian, um, played basketball there uh, freshman year. I went there um, two years, so it would have been, what is that, 04, 05, 06, and, and 07 would have been in my sophomore year. I actually left school in my sophomore year and came back home and went into uh, sales. I was actually working at a place called Best Buy. I think it's still open. I don't know. <laughs> but I worked there for, for a while, and, and even while I was in college, I came home for the weekends and, and, and worked there. And uh, I actually left school. I went to, to a Christian college, um, which, by the way, let me just say, I love LCC. I love LCU. Uh, great people there, great staff, great administration. Um, but I went to a Christian college, and I, and I think I was a little bit naive or immature when I went there. And I, I found an experience where I went here to avoid all the things that you're going to be faced with at a secular school and found really quickly <laughs> that all those same things are still there, you know? Yeah. And that's not a condemnation of, of Christian education in any form or any stretch, but uh, I found that those things were still there. And in my, you know, immaturity and in my being naive, it, it sort of, and at some level, kind of broke me. Um, I grew up in Mount Pleasant Christian Church, was really involved in the youth ministry, a leader in the youth group, um, led small groups, all these different things, um, and went you know, on fire uh, for God to ministry. And after about two years of, um, of college, I, I found myself kind of questioning, what am I even doing here? You know, mm-hmm. I'm alongside all these other people who are also going to be going into ministry and doing these different things. And, and you know, we're no better, no different than the rest of the world. We're doing all these same worldly things. All the, so anyway, again, a lot of this was out of my own immaturity and, and being naive. Um, and, and, I, and I ended up back home, uh, worked at, at Best Buy for uh, I think it was about six years or so where I met my wife, Molly. Um, she worked in customer service. I was in the uh, car audio installation bay back there and uh, met her there. And um, we we ended up getting married a year and a half, I think, after that. So we've been married like a long time now. So, um, <laughs> but uh, so from there, I, I started I started kind of seeing um, it, the craziest thing happened uh, when I'm working on the sales floor at Best Buy. I transitioned from the installation bay or the cave in the back to actually moving into sales on the, on the floor. And I had this young man walk up to me. He was several years younger than me. Um, and he and we didn't have much of a relationship necessarily. I mean, we knew of, of each other. We'd worked together for a few years. He was in a completely different department, other side of the store. And he walks up to me and he goes, uh, man, I had... Uh, um, just a, a dream last night, and and I was you know in prayer and things like that. And he goes, I really felt like God was putting on my heart to ask you this question, Brian. And I'm like, what is like? He doesn't even know that I'm a Christian. I don't think you know mm-hmm. um, at this point. And and he goes, um, I felt like God was wanting me to ask you, when are you going to start taking him seriously? Uh, and in that moment, on the car audio sales floor at Best Buy, um, a, a pretty much stranger asked me this question that little did he know would, would absolutely like cut me to my core. Hmm. And from that moment on, um, I kind of knew again, which I, I kind of always knew, but I sort of was running from God. That's why I think I appreciate Jonah so much, but I was running from God um, in a lot of ways. And um, in that moment, moment, I knew I was like, okay, I've, I've got to make a change here. And that first transition was uh, actually moving into our family business. And I sort of convinced myself like, okay, I've known since my junior year of high school that God was calling me into ministry. Uh-huh. Uh, I dedicated uh-huh. my life to ministry on a on a tr- on a youth trip, my junior high of high sc- or junior high year of high school, and I've known it since then. And here I am, 22, 23 years old, or whatever it was. And this question's brought before me. I was like, okay, I got to make a change. So I convinced myself that the ministry that God was calling me into was our family business because uh, it's very much you know an automotive repair, but also a ministry in a lot of ways. Uh, in terms of serving and helping the community and what have you. So I convinced myself that that's actually where God was calling me. And I, and I think I knew deep down inside that that, that wasn't it, uh, but I was convincing myself, like, this is kind of the easier path, right? Because this is comfortable. <laughs> I grew up here. You know, I know cars. You know, this is like yeah, right. you know, second nature. So that that's that's what I'm going to do. So I had a conversation with my dad about coming and working for the family business, and and he's like, yeah, you know, you know come on. And if that's what you want to do, I'm happy to you know, support you and help you and, and teach you the things you don't know and, and all that stuff. So began that transition and uh, into our family business, So, which was just phase one, little did I know, right? And so, um, you know, several years later, I think almost probably about 
10 years go by at this point and I'm working in our family business and I'm loving it. Uh, I love the freedom that comes with it. You know, I've got young children at the time and being able to go to their ball games and be at the schools for all these different Mm -hmm. things and um, just, just absolutely love it. So something happens. My dad uh, and mom have been involved in church since I was, you know, a little, five, six years old, and they started taking us in the church, grew up in the church. And mom and dad are, are involved in church, and, and dad is actually uh, playing in the worship band over at a local church here, Greenwood Christian Church. And uh, he's getting ready to go to a summer camp uh, and play uh, for elementary school kids. I think they had like, I don't know, maybe 100 or 120 elementary kids. They're taken down to Ca- uh, Camp Allendale. Uh, for a summer camp. And my dad uh, is riding his motorcycle, heading down to the bank in Bargersville. They live there on Saddle Club Road, and uh, he has a motorcycle accident. And so I am at the shop. My mom calls frantic. Dad had an accident on the bike, you know, yada, yada, yada. Then I jump in the car. You know, he's literally like four blocks from their house. Jump in the car. I go down there. I see him, you know, on the side of the road. And of course, that was a that was a moment, you know, right, in and yeah. of itself, seeing him lay there. And then the ambulance is there, and they're, they're getting him kind of buttoned up and taken away. And, um, you know, I was I, I sort of was responsible for getting the motorcycle back to the house in some fashion and, and all this stuff. Well, I didn't know that he was supposed to be going and playing drums at this camp. Now, I grew up in the church, like I said. I played drums in our youth group, in our junior high youth group, senior high youth group. Played drums in our main services multiple times at Mount Pleasant. All this kind of stuff. I'd sort of walked away from that as well because... You know, that was a form of intimate worship that I didn't necessarily want to be a part of because I knew that it would make me even more vulnerable to what I knew God was really into. <laughs> so he has this motorcycle accident, uh, breaks his collarbone, breaks ri- I mean, all he's all sorts of messed up for multiple weeks. And so he says to me, he's like, hey, uh, I'm supposed to play drums at this camp. Now, I haven't played in, I mean, it's been at least probably six or seven years at this point since I've played. And he's like, um, I need you to to fill in for me. And I'm like, you know, this is my dad, you know, I'd do anything for my dad. And I'm like, well, okay, dad, I, I can do that. You know, I- I'll-, I'll do that. You know, and he's like, I'll go with you. You know, you'll have to drive, of course, but I'll go with you and and we'll take all my sound equipment, yada, 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 um, and-, and all that stuff. And we'll have the rehearsals, you know, at-, at his house in the basement and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm doing it for my, for my dad. You know, I'm right. like, yeah, I- I'll do this because you asked me to and, and-, and all that. So, uh, long story short, we, we you know we do the rehearsals. I meet some great guys from Greenwood Christian. We go down to this camp. I play this week long camp at Allendale every night. So I was picking my dad up, heading down there every night. We play for the camp. Mm-hmm. You know, we come home, all that kind of stuff. And I'm still very much like I'm just doing this for my dad. And uh, the last night of camp, their uh, their previous worship pastor uh, Eric Radecki, I know Jason knows yeah. Eric. And, um, Eric Radecki comes up and he goes, "Hey man, I, I just wondered, are you interested sometime?" playing for the church and I listen to you play and all that kind of stuff and and inside I'm going no no <laughs> like I'm just doing this for my dad right? Right, right, right so inside everything's screaming no and then out of my mouth comes yes and immediately I thought what what is going on you know like no that's not the response <laughs> not that was inside was yeah so I said yes and uh, uh, kind of against everything inside of me uh, got involved at Greenwood Christian playing in the worship band one thing leads to another we're there for um, a little while, a year or a year and a half, something like that, involved in the worship band, building relationships with people again. Uh, God's really moving and working in my life and in my family's life. And uh, I'm at back at the family business at Greens. I had brought a guitar in to the office, and I was actually giving it to their, their lead pastor at Greenwood Christian. He was going to refinish it for his son. And it was an old guitar I'd had since I was a kid, and his son was just starting to learn or something like that. And so I've got this guitar sitting behind my desk, and this guy comes walking in, and he he looks over and he goes, "Oh, hey, whose guitar is that?" I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, that's mine. I'm, I'm giving it to somebody later. He's coming to pick it up." And he's like, "Oh, cool. Do you play the guitar?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do. I've you know I've played since I was younger." But I was like, and then I made this mistake that I've learned: <laughs> you don't say this if you go to church. You don't tell them you right. play drums. Right, right. You right. don't do that. Um, because drummers are apparently scarce in the church. Um, and I said, yeah, I play the guitar, but really I'm a drummer. And he goes, really? Do you want to come play drums at my church sometimes? And I'm like, who are you? And uh, again, I'm like, no, stranger, I don't want to come play. But I, but I said, yes, yeah, I'll come play. And um, it, it was he was the worship pastor at Bluff Creek Christian Church. And um, so I went and I played. And we've got two buildings over at our church. We've got, you know, an 11- or 12-year-old building that we built, and we've got a really old building that was built like in the 
40s or something, and that's actually been converted into our student center. Well, we had rehearsal in that old building, and I'm walking in, and I'm like, what did I get myself into here? Like, this prehistoric, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's a cool building. Yeah, it is cool, but it I is. was like, what is good? This is not what I'm used to, you know? Right. And, uh, and then he's like, no, 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 they're having VBS this week over there. We're, the worship's actually over in the new building. That's our worship center. I was like, oh, okay, you know? And uh, um, so anyway, I went there and played. And then all of a sudden, uh, every other weekend, I'm, one weekend I'm playing at GCC, one weekend I'm playing at Bluff Creek. And one thing leads to another. We start getting involved at Bluff Creek. My wife and I talked and prayed about it. And we're like, this feels like home. Like, this feels like where we're supposed to be you know, involved and plugged in. Started volunteering with the youth, got involved in some small groups, had some conversations with the pastor at the time and uh, told him, you know, yeah, you know, I'd studied youth ministry and like I know that, that God's... And little did I know this whole time, they're actually looking for a part-time student pastor during mm. this whole season. Oh, wow. And I had no clue. And so one thing leads to another, and he, we have a conversation, and, and he, he just asked me, he's like, so when are you, you going to be ready to you know, move into the ministry? And I was like, what are you, again, I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? And right. um, he's like, you know, I wanted to talk to you about this part-time position. We've been looking, um, and um, you, know, you, have, you don't know this, obviously, and you've been here right. now for about, a, I don't know, six months to a year, and, and we wanted to you know, sit down and have a real conversation about what this looks like. And I'm like... Again, everything inside screaming no, and <laughs> yes comes out of my mouth again. And um, one thing led to another. I started on staff part-time there working with our senior high and, and junior high uh, kids. Originally, I was over junior high and senior high, um, and the Lord just continued to work and move uh, in me and in our church and in other people. Other people, God was using other people to identify things in me that I had long since thought were put to bed and didn't exist any right. longer. Um, and I just really blessed, and and so now uh, I'm working full time ministry at Bluff Creek Christian Church as the associate pastor, and uh, uh, I just know that that uh, that I took the long way around, um, <laughs> and I broke a lot of things on the way, um, but I know that this is where this is where I'm supposed to be. And as I mentioned early, earlier, the irony is that the church I'm serving in is a mile and a half from the house I grew up in, mm. um, and it's just it's. Even now, it's crazy for me to even think about that, you know. Um, but uh, but that's where I'm at now. So help so, out at our family business with some marketing and things like that. Um, but uh, I'm I'm kind of all in on the ministry. So if you don't want me asking, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on some of the stuff that you. I know you went a long way around about it. Yeah. But what I really appreciate is. Everybody has a journey, right? And at some level, like we constantly are talking about leading and serving. And at some level, you were leading in that process and serving. And I love your servant's heart. Um, how um, would you say that God led you through that process for you growing as a person and trying to understand better what God wanted you to be? Yeah, I think um, in large part, he used, um, he used my family, but he also used strangers, in a lot of ways. And that's the part that I think is super weird to me, is that he used people who are strangers to me to um, to pull things out of me that, again, that I thought were, were, were put to bed, you know, a long, long time ago. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's just a testament to how important it is to have a community of believers in your life and around you, mm-hmm. other people who are walking faithfully with the Lord um, and, and reading His Word and, and knowing what they're called to, uh, to, to, to bring that out into other pe- or out of other people. And so, yeah, I really think that, um, you know, He used one of the things that, that was, was really <coughs> difficult, and that was like a, a pretty severe and traumatic injury to my father, my earthly father. Right. Um, that broke my heart enough that allowed other people to get in there, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know that if it were not for that accident, which man, I, I hate the fact that you know my dad had to go through that right, for my right. heart to break so that other people could 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 infiltrate it. Um, but but also at the same time, you know, I'm so thankful that that uh, God worked in that way. You know, mm-hmm. sorry, Dad, awesome. but I'm so thankful that God worked in that way and 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 um, brought me to a point of, of brokenheartedness where. Other people were able to come and, and be a part of that healing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and bringing me back to what I already knew was true. That's the mm-hmm. crazy part. Like, right, right. I already knew it was true. And I think that this is true of most people, uh, at least that, that that had walked in faith at one time. You know, we know what's true, but it a lot of times this feels so foreign to what feels right or is right. so foreign to what feels right or what we think is right. Um, and so we reject it. We resist it, you know. And um, I'm just so thankful for other faithful people in my life along the way 
again, who were largely strangers to me, mm-hmm. uh, that God God made them bold enough to say hard things and ask hard questions and take a chance on me. And so mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for that. That's awesome. I want to backtrack to growing up in the family business. Mm-hmm. But before we do, you've made a comment a couple of times about you know, knowing what is true and things that were put to bed, you thought were put to bed mm-hmm. that you have come back around to, because it's probably easy for people who knew you growing up, you know, knew you in your early 20s and 30s to go, oh, this is a car guy. Yeah. But now you're an associate pastor at a church. What? Yeah. Who is who is Brian Otney at the core? What are those things that that make you uniquely you? That, sure. that you're like, yeah, this is this is the way I'm wired. These are my strengths. This is what I bring to the table. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that too is like the identity that other people give you, you know, you assume a lot of the times mm-hmm. and just kind of fall in line because you go, yeah, this is who I am. You know, um, I'm, I'm, you know, the, one of the, the boys that works at Greens, you know, or whatever. And it's like, well, I'll just assume that identity because that's easy. But I think that um, just, you know, who I am at the core is, is someone who um, me- messes it up a lot, even still, um, but that, that, wants to just passionately and obediently follow Christ. Uh, and, and that's always, you know, been deep down inside of me. Um, I think since I was a young kid and, 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 and the troublemakers at Mount Pleasant Christian Church and being part of the, the you know, that kid's service, uh, one of the ladies who, who um, is really uh, interactive on my Facebook page a lot, her name's Mary Smith. She was my Sunday school teacher at Mount Pleasant when I was man, six or seven years old, first lady mm-hmm. to ever really teach me about Jesus. And, um, you know, that, that is something that is who I am at the core, you know, mm-hmm. someone who is, who is flawed and broken and often confused, but wants to faithfully follow Christ in every aspect mm-hmm. of my life. And I got to be honest with you, um, at times, that is most times way more difficult than it is easy. Um, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is the the natural resistance that that we put up against it because we live you know I tell our, our senior high students we live you know as aliens uh, in this world and 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 it's foreign uh, to to want to just radically and passionately be obedient to Christ even in the moments when you're alone you know and it's a constant battle and a constant struggle um, mm-hmm. to, to 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 be faithful uh, in a world that's largely unfaithful and, mm-hmm. and at this point I think doesn't know God um, you know and so. My core is someone who I know that God has always, always instilled in me uh, the ability to lead others. Uh, I think that, that, that God has always kind of, even when I don't want to, uh, has always mm-hmm. kind of put that in front of me um, and uh, always given me a, 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 a heart for other people in terms of, of empathy and things of that nature, uh, which is often uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as well. But um, but that's, that's, I think, who I am. And... You know, as you get older and you have um, just different hardships in life and and regrets and make the you know just decisions that ultimately lead to destruction in a lot of ways, um, it's even harder to I think sometimes rest in those truths because of all of the regret and the shame that came from you know the, the previous decisions. Like for example, mm-hmm. being a, a degreeless pastor, you know that's even foreign in the church world. You know, right. uh, you walk in a lot of circles and they're like, oh, you don't have a... Well, if I hadn't told you I didn't have a degree, you'd have never known, Right. you know? And so, uh, but but I like to tell people a lot of times, I like to look on their face, mostly. That's just a little enjoyment <laughs> I get. But, um, but, uh, but, but yeah, you know, and, and I think that it's a testament to just how good God is. It's got nothing to mm-hmm. do with me mm-hmm. or anything that, that I am or that I'm doing or have done, but the, the, to the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Right, so, right. That's awesome. So I'm curious, now backtracking a little bit, yeah. what's it like... I guess growing up in a garage, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> and tell us a little bit about um, the heart behind the heartbeat behind Greens. Mm-hmm. That yes, it is a you know an automotive repair, but you guys have some other goals, some other things. Yeah. Well, that that's in large part. First of all, we ate a lot of pizza growing up. Um, slept on the couch in the break room many many nights, uh, and uh, it was it was I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything, but. Smell like oil a lot when you go to school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but the, the the heartbeat behind that, you know, uh, mom and dad opened the Greens in, in 1989. I was four years old, and um, I'm the youngest of four boys. And you know, I just saw in my dad. You know, my dad is a very much a person who 
believes that that there's a right way and a wrong way to, to do things. And mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of the things he found, he worked at, at Firestone um, through the 70s and into the 80s, and he was sort of the guy that would go to a failing store and sort of get him back on track, you know, and um, yeah. that was kind of his M.O. And um, at one point in the late 80s, he met a guy who uh, he partnered with um, named Jack Green, um, who asked my dad, you know, hey, do you want to go into business for yourself? Because he was able to identify in my dad something that maybe my dad wasn't able to even see in himself. Uh-huh. And those are just those natural leadership qualities that he has. Mm-hmm. And so my dad has the leadership and the structure and the abilities and the knowledge. And my mother has the compassion and the love and all of these things. Um, and so not only do they make a great blend together as you know, husband and wife, but also as, as owners of a business and a community um, where we're able to, to just really love on people, you know, and, and really be able to, um, you know, support. Um, and I remember one of the guys, the owner of the Christian phone book, uh, did an interview with him and he made a comment uh, once and he, he'd been, he's been coming into the shop since inception, since the, we opened and his name's Kenton Yoey. And he had said to me, he's like, you know, I could see, you know, one of you guys like having a customer in with a hard day and just coming around the corner and, and saying, Hey, can we pray with you? You know? And I thought, man, like, that's just so cool that like he had that perception, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we may not always do that or we may not always get it right, obviously, but, but that's, you know, kind of the, the perception of, of, of who we are. Uh, we're first and foremost, you know, faithful followers of Jesus. Um, and then next we're automotive people, you know, right. in, in yeah. the business world. Um, but, you know, I, I, I made this comment to you guys earlier, and I've said it you know, to my dad before, too. It's like, man, if, if we just change the structure a little bit, we could all be really wealthy, you know? And, yeah. But that's not the heartbeat. You know, my, my dad's always maintained that he wanted to, to, to make an, a good, honest living to support his family, uh, but he also wanted to, to make a difference in our community. And I think for, you know, the past 30-plus years, he, he and my mom have been able to do that through, mm-hmm. through Greens Auto Service South. And so uh, the Greens, I think, is a means to an end in the sense that it provides for our family. Um, and, and that, you know, we're, we're bringing some good to our community, but also it gives my parents um, and, and some, my, some of my siblings as well the freedom to be able to, to love on people uh, in a different way than maybe they're used to. And so I think that that's really cool. Yeah, that, and I love being a part of that too. That's awesome. Cool. It's the, the setup that you have there is, is really impressive in the fact that have you, you mentioned that you have an opportunity to, you know, even pray with somebody. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find that... Um, difficulty or struggle with trying to take the time to, oh, you, sure. know, you know, versus, oh, we got to get this card yeah. out. Like, I mean, it's, sure. and, and it's, granted, it's our world, right, that we yeah. live in. But ex- do you ever, you feel that tug as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things I think that I really love and appreciate about uh, my brother and and Mitchell, who um, run our, our day-to-day stuff, is is they're, they're, always willing to have a conversation with somebody. You know, uh, my brother, even to a fault, I love it, but he'll talk for somebody for a long time, you know, whether it's an explanation or whether it's listening or whatever, you know, um, and and just has a, a heart for other people, I think, even though he might not say he does, he does yeah. have a heart for other people. Um, and uh, uh, and so it, there is, there's always that struggle where it's like, you know, uh, and I and I, I faced this, I think, early on when, when my brother Michael and I sort of took over the, the day-to-day operations was the, man, I just have this push for, I want us to be more successful. I want us mm-hmm. to go to the next level of whatever we're doing. And, and now we've got all these other competition that's coming into town and da-da-da-da-da. We want to make sure we're, you know, in a, in a sense, not just keeping up with them, but but also, you know, just c- crushing it and killing it and da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, I think that's a natural sort of feeling or desire mm-hmm. to want to be more successful mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, to, to, to fight that with, man, these are real people across the counter with real problems, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and real needs. Um, and, and, you know, we care about them more than we care about making an extra buck or two off of them or whatever, right. you know. And, and my, my brother's really good at this, going above and beyond if there's ever, you know, like an heir or if there's ever a problem, you know, he'll take the time and, and he'll even, you know, like take someone's vehicle to a place a lot of the times to... to, to fix something that may have happened if there was a scratch or whatever, you know, over the years. And he, he kind of is uh, exceptional in that sense of going above and beyond for people. That's awesome. Uh, which yeah. is just really cool to see. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's very much, you know, uh, 
you know, it's very much a, a, a ministry as much as it is a business in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think the cool thing, too, is I, I think I saw this, I don't know, years and years ago where uh, someone made a comment on, on social media about, you know, the guy driving around his work truck with the, with the fish on the, on the tailgate, you know, and it's like, uh, or, or like, hey, we're a Christian business or whatever. And it's like, and then someone, I think, who was a non-Christian shared it and said, uh, a family member even, um, said uh, something along the lines of, you shouldn't have to have the fish on your vehicle. You shouldn't have to say, hey, we're a Christian business for people to know that that's right. what you believe. And right. so right. that's also kind of the heartbeat of it, too. It's like, I shouldn't have to tell you, like, yeah, we're, we're all believers. We're all Christians here. Right. Come bring your car to us. It's like, no, we're, we're going we're gonna to do business and treat people in such a way that it's evident that right. we follow a, a God that's that's bigger than all of us. That's awesome. So. So let me yeah. ask you this, and and you've you've learned a lot over this time, and in, in doing a lot as well. But what's what's the best piece of advice that you have anyone's ever given you? Man, best piece of advice that anyone's ever given me. I would say truthfully that the 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 best advice I've 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 gotten in probably a, a roundabout and 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 maybe indirect way is that. Um, that it's not about me, hmm. whether it's our family business, the ministry, my family, um, you know, it's not about me, hmm. um, you know, and I, I can be a, a, a headstrong and prideful person at times uh, and want things to be my way, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think even more so as, as my kids get older, it's even more evident to me that I want things my way, you know, right. when I want them done and, you know, how I want them done and, um and and I think that's probably the 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 best advice, at least that's changed my perspective about life in general, but also about relationships, is that it's not about me. You know, mm-hmm. nothing yeah. nothing really is about yeah. me. Um, and so I take that to heart and and try to remember that. You know, even when I'm talking to other people, you know, because naturally I think like like most others, when when someone's telling me their their story or telling me about them, my my knee-jerk reaction is like, I want to relate, so I'm going to tell you something about me to relate to what you are <laughs> mm-hmm. saying as opposed to just listening and hearing what they're saying and maybe celebrating what they're saying or grieving what they're saying, whatever's appropriate for the conversation mm-hmm. and know that it's like, you know, it's not about me. You know, it's always right. about the person across from you. Right. So. right. Well, I love the part of your journey where you talk about following your call and you said, I really appreciate Jonah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, this is a theme that's come up on a lot of the podcast episodes recently of people who have you know found the courage to make that shift, make that change, and actually do what they feel they were made to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you know if somebody's out there running at the moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know going I you know I'm just burying these things deep and you know I, I don't want to follow them. What would you say to them in terms of it's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to keep running. Yeah. Run in the, or well, run in the opposite direction. Yeah. You run toward it. Yeah. Um, I would say that I think at some level, um, once you're, once you have the knowledge and know what you're called to do, um, once that happens, um, at some level, God's going to bring that around, and you can go the the long hard way, mm-hmm. or you can surrender. And, and ask him for for his peace uh, that only he can give, because um, whether it's a you know finding your dad laying on the side of the road in a motorcycle accident or you know some kind of brokenness that will lead you to where God's ultimately calling you, I, I think that uh, a faithful God is is going to make it happen. And so my advice to them would be um, first and foremost just get down on your knees and and pray and talk to God um, and um, and, and, and just bring before him what you already know is true in you, uh, what he's calling you to, or what he called you to that you've been running from. And the thing is, is although it seems difficult because it, that calling might go ev- go against everything that maybe you're taught in your in your family, in your in your education, in your current place of work, it might be foreign, and you might have to risk a lot. You know, you might go, well, I don't know. You know, how am I gonna? Um, you know, support my family when when I'm you know making this life altering change. You know, um, and, and I would also encourage and say that 
God has a way of bringing up people around you and alongside of you when you're walking faithful to what he's calling you to that are going to support you and love you. Uh, the best example of this I, I could give would be we've got a student in our youth group right now that's uh, going on to Johnson University next year and, and following that call of ministry um, that's been placed uh, in her life in, in some capacity and working out the details with God is what that's going to look like. But she made a comment to me about, it's crazy how once I kind of declared like that this is where I'm going, this is what I'm going to do, how many people just out of the woodwork are coming around and putting their arms mm-hmm. around her and supporting her and loving her because they're like, we see your faithfulness and we want to walk alongside you in this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that people don't know how many people are around them that are going to come over and put their arm around them and say, hey, we see the bold steps you're taking. Not only is it inspiring to us, but we see your faithfulness to God, and we want to walk alongside you. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fortunate enough to have my mom and dad and and my siblings, um, and of course my wife, who were like, "Yeah, let's go. You know, let's uh-huh. do this." And and we're gonna and still support me to this day in so many ways that they probably don't even realize that 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 helped me get th- through the next season, you know, right. of ministry or whatever it is, you know. And right. So. Right. Um, there are people in your life that are going to answer that call with you, you know, that's that you're, cool. you're not alone. That's awesome. That's cool. Well, what's the best way to to get in contact with you? If something about your story really resonates sure. with somebody and they want to know a little bit more, or, yeah. you know, how, how do they find you? Yeah. So, of course, I think, you know, Facebook's probably the easiest, uh, Brian with a Y. Um, no, but, <laughs> right. Brian, you know, just on social media, uh, through Messenger, um, but I'm also one that, uh, and, and people that I work with in ministry call me crazy for this, but I always give out my personal phone number because, I mean, yeah. I don't really care that much. Go like, if you, have something to, <laughs> if you want to talk about something, shoot me a text, you know, and so I'll give you guys my number if you want to put it on the on the link or whatever, however yeah, that works. Go for it. But, uh, it's, yeah, 317-910-5834. Shoot me a text. Um, I love hearing from people. I love hearing their stories um, because a lot of times... Not only is it great to hear other people's stories and their journey, it's affirming in the, the same struggles that I'm still going through mm-hmm. um, in my faithfulness. Um, and so I, I just, I love, I love talking to people. I love uh, listening. I love sharing. I love all of those different aspects of relationships. So yeah, reach out. I love to talk, listen, whatever yeah. is needed. That's um, awesome. And just real quick, uh, Bluff Creek Christian Church is down on uh, 144. Yep. On south side of Indy. Yep. Uh, what's the website for the church? Yeah, so it's just bluffcreek.org. Bluffcreek.org. And my contact info is on okay. there as well. So. And if somebody's looking for a car repair, yep. how do they get a hold of Greens? Yeah, check out Greens Auto Service South on Morgantown Road. Um, the GreensAutoServiceSouth.com is our website. Kind of tells a little bit about our story on there, who we are and what we are about, and, and um, just some staff information and things like that. You want to throw um, the office number out there too? Yeah, give us a call at 317-881-5967. Um, You'll be talking to my man Mitchell at the mm-hmm. front counter, and he'll get you taken care of. So, very cool. Yeah, Brian, thank you for joining yes, us today, yeah. man. Appreciate it so much. Yes, thank you it was guys. Very good to and, chat with uh, you. And thank you for your time. Yeah, I know I can talk a lot, so I'm sorry if I talk too much. No, you're, <laughs> you're good. You're, you're good. good. I'm a preacher. What do you expect, right? <laughs> so, All right. Guys. We'll be back here in just a moment. Well, Jason, I was, I really enjoyed hanging out with Brian today. It was just a breath of fresh air. I, I really yeah. appreciate his, where he's been. Absolutely. And it was there was just a lot of, man, what a servant's heart. I got to tell you, like, he definitely is leading and serving. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's just, uh, I'm so glad that he was able to come today um, and share with us uh, with the many things that he's doing. Like, I'm always amazed with how much people are doing in, um, especially in a time where like everybody just keeps getting busier and busier, but that, right. he is a busy man. I know. you got two full-time jobs, right? Right. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> well, trying to wrap my head around You that. know, we might as well toss this out here real quick. Um, you know, we want to give a shout out to one of our previous guests, Jason Adler, yes. for connecting us, um, sure. which is funny because Jason connected you to Brian Yes. And this was really kind of the first time you have ever met Brian officially. Uh, yeah, you know. officially. Yeah. Um, but I've known Brian for years. Oh, <laughs> you know? that's so, too funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we met him through, you know, the middle part of his journey mm-hmm. that when he was, you know, in the family business, you know, we were taking our high schoolers, our, you know, our kids' cars over to Greens uh-huh. to get worked on because, you know, we didn't we didn't buy anything fancy. <laughs> Sorry, Michael and Sarah. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> and Green's helped us navigate those years of, you know, we got 16-year-olds driving and, you know, we can barely afford this as it is. So help mm-hmm. us help us keep these cars on the road. Awesome. And, you know, and so I didn't realize that his calling goes all the way back to his, his uh, teenage years. Yes. And, you know, because I walked in in the middle of that story and I just kind of had an assumption of who he was. And, mm-hmm. man, how... You know, how that's probably not true in how many of our relationships in life. It is. It's you so know? true. It's so true. And so, but I really appreciate what he had to say about, um, you know, you know what's true in your life, mm-hmm. but a lot of times we just spend more time running from it than running mm-hmm. toward it. And then when we turn toward it, I, I loved his comment about the community, the relationships around you that will help you follow your calling. Yes. You know, and it... And, you know, in his context is ministry, right. you know, becoming a pastor. And, you know, you mentioned their student that's headed to ministry as well. But mm-hmm. I believe that's the same with every other area of life. Right. When somebody finds out who they are and they begin to lean into that and they begin to walk in it, people around us are going to see that, appreciate that, and right. support you in it. And, and affirm that. Like Absolutely. Affirm that gift, affirm that ability to do whatever that is that mm-hmm. you have come to terms with, which is huge. Right. Um, just definitely shifting from somebody who's uh, a teenager who's wandering, trying to figure out what's life all about, to figuring out what you want to do is a major shift. Major right. shift. Yeah, and it is. It's exciting to have people around you that are affirming that and um, and showing them that. So that was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I just love having a having a drummer on the podcast. Too. Right. <laughs> I always enjoy that that side of things, but um, yeah, man. Um, I'm really excited to know Brian and yeah. journey alongside him. And well, thanks um, again, Brian, for joining us. Today. Absolutely. And um, uh, make sure you hit a like on the on the podcast. <laughs> Do you want me to say it? Yes, you say. Yeah. It. <laughs> like, subscribe, send us comments, send us an email. Yes, There's an email in the in the show notes. <laughs> uh, I'm not taking your part away from you. Anymore. No, you're fine. You're good. This is a partnership. Right. And I think this is, you know, yeah, we're good. We're good. So, no, we'd love to hear from you um, if you've been listening along the way. Um, if you know of a leader, I mean, uh, Brian came to us, even though it's a relationship that, that I've known for a little while. Right. He came to us through a connection of someone in the neighbor, you know, in the community going, you need to talk to this guy. Yes. Um, so we would love to hear from you if you know somebody like that. That sounds great. But, hey, guys, you have a great day. Uh, keep on uh, serving through your leadership. And we'll we'll see you next week. Thanks so much.